Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And a few of my favorite ordinary summer things are roses in my garden, a dash through the lawn sprinkler, and fresh corn on the cob, grilled. And a few of mine are watermelons so sweet that the juice runs down your face and stains your elbows, campfires that smell of sweet pine cones, and vanilla-flavored iced coffee with cream that can crack any face into a grin. We hope these conversations help you see the extra hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary life, too. Get comfy. Here we go. So, Christy, I had a funny thing happen after last week's episode. I had talked about this breakfast date I went on with two friends that bled into a lunch date, and we ended up eating breakfast and lunch and the leftovers we had packed up to take home with us. (laughs) I can actually taste those crepes in my mouth right now when I think about it. But my two friends who I had talked about, their names are Lorene and Lynn, had texted me afterwards and said, oh, wow, our breakfast date made it onto the podcast. But then... I had been so shocked because my friend Lorene, who I've known for over a year now, pointed out to me that I had mispronounced her name, <laughs> uh, which I was like, wait, <laughs> what? How? How is there? How? How is that even possible? Like, I just I had assumed this whole time her name was Lorraine. And so then she texted to me this different spelling. And I'm like, I still don't see it. Like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I feel like I need a Google Translate moment or like, you know how Google will pronounce words for you? And yes, so I yes. said to her, you need to send me a voice text now so that I can actually hear the problem. And she said, maybe it's just your South African accent, but you keep calling me Lorraine. And really, my name is pronounced Lorene. And I was floored. I was like, wait, I've been calling you the wrong thing for a year? <laughs> And then I felt better because my friend Lynn texted and she said, listen, Lorene, even your husband calls you Lorraine sometimes. I've been confused about it for years. So hard. And then we had the whole conversation about secret identities because anybody who knows me knows Lisa Joe is actually my middle name. Right. I had been friends with my friend Anne for 10 years. And then we were at your house, actually, when she discovered for the first time in a decade. And I swear she has heard me say what my first name is before. But she is certain that I have somehow <laughs> hidden the truth from her, that my first name is actually Rachel and my second name is Lisa Joe. And I mean, you were there the moment she discovered that. And she was, was so shocked yeah. and, and like felt like somehow I had violated some covenant of our friendship that she did not know that about me and of course you know because for years you called me Rachel like when we first met I actually used my first name that's one of my favorite friendship stories is that I met you in that very brief window of time (laughs) when you were trying out going by your first name which we've told that story in another episode of the podcast yes but I know it took my husband Jonathan probably a decade to stop saying, Rachel, I mean, Lisa Joe. Ra- uh, uh, Ra- I mean, Lisa Joe. 
<laughs> I know. So this is, you know, going out to my friend Lorene, who I now feel like I've redeemed myself and hopefully have got it right today. But the reason <laughs> I was thinking about it is that for years, Christy, when I first met you, you were Christy getting her PhD in English literature in Chicago. Like that is mm-hmm. how I, I knew you. We met in Chicago. You were at the University of Chicago studying and you were going to be an English professor. That's the identity That was the first part of our friendship. And what's been interesting to me is watching the shift away from traditional classroom teaching and writing and now being in the space of an author, a blogger, a podcaster. And so Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things about your bio that I come back to often, it's just some bios are so delicious. They're so great. (laughs) And I'm actually reading from your website because it says in 2010, I received a PhD in English literature from the University of Chicago. A few years later, I traded the classroom for a picket-fenced garden and an old writing desk. Today, I grow zucchini my four children refuse to eat. Zucchini-loving chickens are perfectly happy with this arrangement. (laughs) The reason I am going down this bizarre rabbit trail of how our identities shift or we get people's names wrong, or we move in different seasons into different roles, is that last week we talked about the Black Barn online that we have opened, and we Mm -hmm. hinted at this idea of tables. And today we are going to really unpack for you, kind of like, I think of it like a restaurant maybe that's excited to have people come in for the first time, and they don't just want to feed you, they want to tell you the story behind the meal that you're about to have. And so we are going to share with you the story behind the meal because in the Black Barn, we are going to set these tables that are a place for friends to lean back and to learn. And Christy, all week, I can't shake the notion that here you are, someone who thought she had traded the classroom, right? Who is now somehow managing to marry the classroom and the dining room into this beautiful <laughs> hybrid of a table where you both eat and learn at the same time. And it just makes me so happy. I feel like 20 years later, we have come full circle and you are somehow wearing a chef's hat and a teacher's hat at the same time, laying a table, doing what you do, being a placemaker, but inviting people into the place, not just to be nourished and fed on food, but also on words, on teaching, and on learning. Mm-hmm. And so I just couldn't stop thinking about that. And it all started with my friend, Loreen, <laughs> pointing out how I got her name wrong. And I thought, isn't that just the way of life? You know, we move through these seasons. And so here we are. Here you we are, are. You are setting tables. So Now you're not, you might not be in a classroom, but you are setting a table for learning nonetheless, maybe in your kitchen. That is so wild. It is. It's such a full circle moment. And even that bio you read, which is now, oh, goodness, almost 10 years old. I've used that bio for a long time. And yet today, Lisa Jo, just today, before I sat down to record, I was out pulling kale from my garden that is overgrown (laughs) because no one has eaten it. And I carried it to the chicken coop. Some things things remain the same, (laughs) even while so many things are changing, some things remain the same. And I guess we won't be serving kale 
around the tables in the Blackboard <laughs> Online because my chickens have now eaten it all. But it is, it's wild, Lisa Joe. And the thing is, too, when we talk about these full circle moments, it isn't as if at any point I ever said or we ever said, hey, let's do this. Hey, I haven't taught in a long time. I think I'd like to do that again. I mean, never, right. never. But what life is like, what ordinary life is like, is that if you're paying attention, you're tending your ordinary life, then these extraordinary stories do start to grow. And the crazy thing is when they begin to grow, you don't recognize them yet. Right. It's like the kale, right? When it first starts to grow, it looks like every other plant, you know, <laughs> like, what is it? Is it going to be a flower? Is it going to be weed. a weed? To me, I would just think it was a weed. Like, I would have no idea. <laughs> and apparently right. your family treats it that way too, so. Yes. <laughs> Oh, you don't know what it is when it first begins to grow. So you're tending it. And so for a long time, you and I have been tending this idea and then the space itself for this Black Barn Online, blackbarnonline.com. We've been tending it. And then it was it was only in, in tending it and sort of following the breadcrumbs from day to day that um, really quite recently, you and I looked at each other and you said this to me. You said, Christy, you're, you're returning. You're, you're you know, the, you're returning to some things that you'd let go of so long ago. And it's true. And it's especially true for this reason, Lisa Joe. When we first started talking about setting tables in the barn, I had an idea for a table I might like to lead. Um, I won't say what it is because I'm not actually going to lead that one, <laughs> but maybe I will in the future. But I had this idea and I thought, yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. Um, but over the course of working, working on the idea for this tables, I came up with a whole other idea and so the table I'll be leading this summer is called How to Read a Poem. And that is a very... <laughs> Literature professor yeah. type class title. <laughs> I mean, that's... Chris, you have, English you professor. have to tell the origin story of that because that's what I yeah. love about this, how you learned that people would be interested to sit at a table with you as you did that yeah. is on a social media Right. Conversation that a professor <laughs> would not necessarily do. Like, it's just this wonderful mashup yeah, of all mishup, of your worlds. Yeah, mishmash, mashup. That is what it is. So, yeah, I'll be leading a table called How to Read a Poem, which will I draw on absolutely. Actually, I mean, you can see this book I'm holding up right now. Like, I immediately, as soon as I came up with, this, with the, that idea, I went and bought every book called How to Read a Poem. <laughs> not because I felt like I, I needed to do the research, but because I wanted to, because I had an opportunity to do it. So I've been reading all kinds of books, um, reigniting my love for poetry and for teaching poetry, um, but not, not in the old way because it's required of me or because it's required of my college students. You know, it's a credit they have to have, but because I know now all these years on that poetry is still an absolute gift. And I want, <laughs> I really want I really want for it to be a gift that more people can receive. And the thing is, poetry can feel complicated. It can feel hard. And so I'm super excited about gathering some people around a virtual table in the Black Barn Online and just uh, enjoying poetry with them and talking them through some really simple strategies to get more out of it, how to find poems they love, um, and just unwrapping the gift of poetry together in a way that is more like being with lean back friends around the table, having good conversation, listening to one another, saying, oh, oh, have you read this? Have you read that? Do you know this? Um, in the way that doesn't happen in a classroom where it's, you know, really just about that one person up on a, on a, you know, maybe behind a podium with a, you know, a lecture hall, right? I would say that tables in the Black Barn are, 
are really the opposite of lecture halls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they really are tables. They're meant to be just let's let's gather around. And yet they're tables that are hosted. So we have our table hosts who um, are experienced and passionate and wise and eager to share their loves with us. So there won't only be my table, but we beginning here next week, July 13th, folks will be sitting around three tables um, with uh, good friends of ours and others that we're just getting to know who have so much to offer the barn. So we're going to have art and literature tables. We're going to have bread and wine tables where we, you know, celebrate uh, all, all that goes into like good food and cooking and things like that. We're going to have soul and spirit tables. So really digging deep into soul care and spiritual topics. Oh, we've got plans, Lisa Joe. You know, we've got plans for all <laughs> kinds of categories, right? Like media and culture. I know, and I know. And I think what I love about it too is it's, Sometimes um, when I think about coursework at a college or a university, it's born out of a curriculum that you know will be good for students or it's foundational to students if they want to pursue a career in X, Y, or Z. But what's different than that structure, that kind of lecture hall experience and these tables is that these tables are born much more out of questions that yeah. we know people are curious about. The kind of questions you might have after a meal. And it's why I think what happened with your How to Read a Poem table is such a great illustration of that point, because you had just shared a poem you loved on social media. Like you mm -hmm. posted on Instagram about this poem, and then you got all these people who were curious and asked follow-up questions. Yeah. You've got to tell yeah. the story. Yeah. No, it's true. I, it was just a Sunday morning. I was sitting outside at our little patio table, reading the Sunday paper, and in the Sunday magazine and the paper, every week they include a poem. And I read this poem and immediately, I mean, this is, I think Emily Dickinson has a line about poetry. Like, I know poetry because I feel it like electric. I feel it in my blood. Like, it just hits me. I feel it. Uh, those are my words, not hers. <laughs> but, um, but same thing. I read this poem and it just hit me, it, like grabbed my heart. And I thought, oh, I love it. And here's Here's something I'll be sharing around my table. I didn't even know immediately what it meant exactly. Um, I had a glimmer, but there was, you know, the first time you read a poem, you don't know what, what really it's about, but it grabbed me. So I clicked a picture, I shared it on my Instagram stories. And then I had some, some dear friends and Instagram followers reach out and say, wow, this poem meant something to you. And I admit when I read it, I, I don't, I'm confused. I don't, I don't know what you see. Can you help me see what you see? And Lisa Joe, I responded to those friends one-on-one, -on -one, and then I thought, oh my goodness, those are just the, the dear ones who spoke up. There, there are others out there who probably thought the same thing, like, oh, she, she understands poetry and I don't. I'll never, you know? And I yeah. thought, oh my gosh, I can't leave people with that thought <laughs> because this is for everyone. It's not just for some people. It's not just, you know, for English professors and English teachers. And it's not just for poets. I mean, I'm not a poet. I don't write poetry, um, but I do love to read it. And so I went on Instagram stories and I just started very briefly. I mean, I was in my gardening clothes. It was a, <laughs> it was not planned, but just very briefly talking through the poem and saying, hey, here's some things that jumped out at me. This is, this is what I still don't understand about it, but here's some images I really loved. And I hope that helps you get something out of this poem. And people did respond and said, thank you. And I realized, oh, <gasps> I do love to do this. Yeah. Maybe that's what I need to do for the my first table in the barn. In you, the professor will out. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I love yeah. it because that is the equivalent of just being at your table and saying to you the way I've done over the years with all kinds of things, whether it's poems or books or Martha Stewart, as I'm trying to understand yeah. those things. I'm like, but tell me why, Christy, yeah. and how, and show me from your point of view. And so the idea of these tables is that kind of richness that you would sit down mm-hmm. with somebody who isn't just, you know, a professor whose job it is to, you know, get you to a certain graduation point. Mm-hmm. These are people who are much more like a pilgrim guide who want to take you on a pilgrimage through areas of their life they feel so passionate about. Yeah. And it makes me think of my friend Tanya. So she's leading the bread and wine table. Her name is Tanya Salmons, and she's from Canada. And the title of her table is The Kitchen, A Reacquaintance Story. Ooh, I just love it so much. And what I love about this table is it has really been born out of something that I think even Tanya herself is surprised to discover. So what happened is during COVID season, where we've all had to stay home more, Tanya has found such comfort in the kitchen. And she cooks, I always say, like, if the kitchen were joy, it mm. would be Tanya. Like, she <laughs> is just like a kitchen embodied joy and relatability. And she just feels like an everyman's cook. You know, she is in there dancing and laughing and making meatballs so fast. And, but walking you through in a way that even I, who is who'm not a natural cook, feel like, oh, I could do that. Like Tanya's kitchen feels so friendly and welcoming yes. and relatable. And I love this is how she describes it. She says, take your kitchen from ugh to yes. <laughs> she says, when you walk into the kitchen, does a sense of dread overwhelm you? Are you experiencing kitchen fatigue and looking for inspiration? Come and join our table and explore the transformative power of the most used room in your house. And Tanya just went through this experience during COVID of realizing the meals she was providing for her family were a tangible way to offer comfort in a season where it felt like so many of our other ways to experience comfort or connection had been cut off because of social distancing. And so she invites us back to our kitchens rather than having that dread I experience on a daily basis when my children want food again. Why? Why do they need so much food? <laughs> I just want to sit down. I actually might, what I really want to do is just sit in a corner of Tanya's kitchen and watch her cook because it just brings me such joy. And then I want to eat the things she cooks. And this table is the next best way to do that. And so, yeah, for anybody who's just feeling that sense of fatigue, here you get to have a teacher who really is is like you, right? She's in the same stage we are. And she's saying, sit down, let's unpack together the joy that is to be found in a kitchen. Yeah. You know, I think that's what it is, Lisa Joe, that's going to be so different about these tables. And I should explain as well, like these, we're talking about our summer season tables, but we'll have a whole new season in the fall, new tables and new teachers. And, and uh, we hope to, to build a sustainable community where we can keep offering these opportunities. So these are just, just the first offerings, the, the summer offerings. Um, but I think what's going to be so different about them is that these table hosts, these guides, these teachers um, haven't been assigned something. Right. <laughs> Instead, they have they've come to us because you're right, they have some passion, like some something right. that is so near and dear to them. And so I know that these three table hosts who are starting off our summer season, as well as me and our good friend Amy Knorr, our chaplain in the Blackburn Online who are finishing out the season, we are offering tables that are on subjects that are the most important things to us. So for instance, um, I've been getting to know Troy Katie, who is offering the soul and spirit table. 
he uh, has a ministry, I just love it, called Playful, and it's all about um, play as a uh, like a spiritual discipline and a spiritual practice, and he says that he helps people play inside and out, which I just love. Inside I mean, we think of play out. as this like activity, oh, right? But yeah, he's yes. talking about like, what does yes. it mean to play inside, to play in our spirits? Wow. And so, um, so his table is all about play and really digging deep into the creation story and scripture in order to see God as this playful God and in order to root ourselves in that story in order to recover our own. I mean, you know, Lisa Joe, we, we get Adulting is hard, right? <laughs> we so get older hard. and we totally lose touch with those childlike qualities of joy and wonder yeah. and playfulness. I mean, I know I I'm absolutely have done that. And so his aim is really to help us reconnect with those childlike qualities. And I, I again, I haven't sat at his table yet, but I can just imagine that reconnecting in that way is is also about reconnecting with God and reconnecting with like who we really were made to be. Um, but just all through this this topic of um God's playfulness in creation, His ongoing playfulness, and then uh, how we can receive that and be playful as well. So, that's the kind of thing we're talking about here. I mean, where else, Lisa Joe? Where else am I going to find that in my life? I mean, maybe if I took a trip and spent a lot of money and went to a conference, I guess, maybe, um, but it would just be this one-time experience right. instead of this being a community a community. So not only are you receiving from these table hosts, but you're getting to know everyone else who sits at your table. You're rooting yourself in a community of curious people and learners and and um, those who are just eager to, to listen, to listen to God, to one another, to works of art. Um, so it's not just learning and feasting around a table, but it's it's relationships as well. Right, which is why I love so much that the people that are hosting tables, I feel like it's so much like when we are really at your house. Like anytime we're at your house and there's a large gathering, so whether it's the Easter egg hunt or the Black Barn dedication or the podcast live event, they're the most interesting people I meet in your community. And as you sit down <laughs> at a table with them, you learn things like, oh, you own a printing press. Oh, you are actually a faculty member. Oh, you're a chaplain. Like, oh, you're a spiritual director. <laughs> like all these unique and amazing qualities. So I think about that when I think, for example, about our friend Kimberly Coyle's table here. Yeah. Because she is a professor. She does teach in a classroom setting, but you get to experience her as if you happen to sit down to dinner and then you started asking somebody what they do, and then she starts sharing with you what she does. And the next thing you know, you're in the middle of a class without ever feeling like you're in the middle of a class because you're having a conversation. And it's the beauty of these right. tables, how they offer you access to really gifted teachers for way less than the cost of a college class. Because mm -hmm, there is a cost, mm -hmm. because part of what we talk about in the barn is really wanting to honor artists. So when artists bring what they are creating or teaching or living or modeling for us, our response is not just to receive it, but to thank them in tangible and practical ways. So we can explain at the end of the show the cost of signing up for a table. But Christy, I want you to share a little more about Kimberly's art and literature sneak peek of her table. Yeah, I'm so, so excited about Kimberly's. And I know that this topic is, like I said, it is the thing for her. It is near and dear. So, yes, yeah, she teaches college writing and literature, 
Um, and of course, there, you know, it's it, it again, it's about fulfilling those credits and the syllabus and, you know, checking off the things. But this, so it's an art and literature table. The title, she has this great, great title for it, an invitation to pay attention, an mm. invitation to pay attention. So this is the difference, right? It's not just, hey, come sit at my table and learn about literature or great works of art. No. What Kimberly does is she says, I know that in poems and great paintings and in beautiful art, there is so much for us to receive. And so come with me, pay attention. I'm going to help guide you. I'm going to help unpack these things for you. And I'm going to show you how works of art can help you reflect on your own lives, on your own experiences, can help you understand yourself better, can help you um, dream better, plan better, just, you know, know who you are all through the the God-given gift of, of art, of creativity. And so this isn't about, hey, let's, you know, let's read these works of art in order to say we've read them. <laughs> but no, let's say God has given us these tools, better than tools, these beautiful, beautiful things, these works of art, and they can bless us if we if we understand how, if we are willing to say yes. And so she is, she's really offering an invitation to us. Come with me and I will uh, help you wake up to your own life through the vehicle of great art. I want to sit at all the tables. That's the only hard problem. That is a problem for me also. (laughs) I feel the same about that. And I kind of like want all those people to just sit at a table and we get to hear all of them at once. But the great thing about a subscription is that you get to pick two tables to sit down at. So you get to pick from two. And I think one of the others we should mention that'll be at the end of the summer. And I kind of love how in the Black Barn it's arranged seasonally. It's reminds me again of a restaurant that might have a seasonal tasting menu. So, you know, Mm -hmm. each season, depending on what's available in the local produce or markets or farms is what will appear at your table. So we're taking the same approach in the Black Barn online. These are seasonal classes. So these are the summer tables. And at the end of the summer, our friend Amy Noor will also lead a table similar to Christie's. And Amy's is called How to Write a Benediction. Yeah. And what you need to know about Amy is that she is the chaplain in the Black Barn Online, which means she cares so much for the hearts and souls and spirits of everybody in that community. And to spend time around Amy is to feel like you've spent time a bit on a pilgrimage is how it feels to me. I've never done an official pilgrimage But Amy is a guide who's constantly pointing things out along the way, Mm -hmm. like, pay attention to this. Did you see God move in this way? I heard this from the Lord today. Or when you said that, it prompted me to think this. And when she was talking about her class, How to Write a Benediction, I was thinking more about that. And she quotes when she's talking, for those of us who don't know, maybe, what do you mean by benediction? I might have a sense of what that is, but here's probably the most famous one, right, that you've ever heard. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. So that's a benediction taken from scripture. And what Amy has done in the Black Barn online, and this is the part of the community that's free to everybody, right? So whether you take a seat at the table or not, you get the benefit of Amy and her benedictions. (laughs) But she offers weekly benedictions that she has written herself for those of us who are 
are in the barn. And what's so beautiful, a lot of those have been captured in art. So you can download them as a screensaver for your computer or a lock screen on your phone. But I've wondered, like they just pour out of her. Like every week there's a new and beautiful benediction. And so Amy is actually going to host a table to walk us through how to write a benediction as part of our summer seasonal offering. I love it. I mean, not only does she offer us these benedictions every day in the barn, but I know it's a spiritual practice for her that blesses her. And so now she's inviting us into that to to learn, you know, how she does it and how, you know, how it shapes her life. And so it's not only that she's creating these things and then offering them to others, but now she's inviting us into the process so that we can be creators too. And I think that that's what these tables are about, to be, to receive the creativity of others and then to have that that creativity stirred in us in all these different ways, um, from the kitchen to, you know, to literature, um, to, you know, spiritual practices and, and more. I'm so excited about the more as well, because there'll be more season after season. And Lisa Joe, I'll just say that the placemaker in me <laughs> is so, so happy. Even if I wasn't teaching a tape, leading a table, even if, you know, I wasn't ever going to do that, to have partnered with you and with others to make a place where <laughs> teachers can come, artists can come, and they can practice, you know, their skills and um, practice their crafts and then share it with us. And then people can come and receive and and we can connect in ways that are healthy and beautiful and flourishing around a table, not just a teacher, you know, at at a distance, not just someone set up on a pedestal or behind a podium, but gathered around a table. To have made a place like that, it just, um, it's so exciting. And also, I feel like we know that we can't take credit for it, that we've just been kind of following these breadcrumbs day by day. And it's only in the arrival. It's only now that we can kind of look around and say, oh, wow, this is what we've made together. This is what God saw all along. Right. He's not surprised. Right. But I keep being surprised. I keep being surprised at just how good it is and how right it feels and how much I know I'm going to be blessed in it and how much I long for others to be blessed in it. Um, none of that is a surprise to God. But I look around and say, wow, how did we get here? But here we are. I know. Here we are. I know. And it's such a generous offering. It feels like a menu. And so if you go to blackbarnonline.com, you will see the menu of all of these different tables and what it is that you get when you subscribe for the season. So, so you understand you're getting an eight-week table and a four-week table. So it's 12 weeks total of I don't want to call it class time, like of guided no. conversation is how yeah. I would say, of mm -hmm. feasting, of leaning in together and leaning back as we think and reflect on those things. And so for 12 weeks of that kind of intense and intentional shared learning, the cost is $39.99 a month. So just less than $40 a month in order to come and take a seat at two different tables and receive really a bounty that has been prepared for you. And what was really meaningful to me, Christy, as we were putting this together, and we've spent a lot of time and intentionality thinking about the value of each of these tables, and that in the space, what we're trying to create 
is a place where we value teachers and we value learners. And so it's important to us that whatever you pay to sit down at the table feels like you get a lot of value from it. But what I didn't expect is how that would impact our teachers. And you got to tell the story. We had a teacher. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah, it's so, so (laughs) great. I get choked up Um, every time. Yeah, it might make me cry actually tell the story. We, We invited a teacher um, actually, for our, our fall, our autumn season, and uh, we were explaining it to her, and, um, you know, it's a new concept, right? So, it takes some time to sort of explain, okay, it's a barn, it's online, you know, this is what it is, and and uh, so, we're explaining it to her, and our friend Amy Knorr uh, was trying to tell her how much uh, we would pay her in order to share her many gifts with us around a table. And so she was explaining the numbers and, you know, just saying, hey, do you think you'd be able to do this? And this friend of ours, her face just fell and she said, I love this so much, but I'm so sorry. I just can't afford that. So then our friend Amy said, oh, no, 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 we we will pay you. And she's like, I I don't understand. What's the catch? Mm. What's the catch? And that's the part that just breaks my heart because you and I know there is so often a catch. There's so often a catch. And yet, <laughs> in this community, which is a nonprofit, it's it's a registered nonprofit, our only desire is to make a place where teachers will come and and they won't be asked to share their gifts for free. We'll say, no, no, we're going to honor you as a teacher, and we will pay for the privilege of sitting around this table with you um, in order to bless you and and to thank you for what you're offering us. And um, yeah, that moment with that teacher when she finally realized, you're just offering this to me? I I, I, I don't get it. What's the catch? I know. And there's no catch. It's funny, you know, often in the faith community, there tends to be an expectation that if somebody is offering a gift, it's their ministry, right? So there Mm -hmm. wouldn't be any kind of, you know, reimbursement attached to that. Mm -hmm. And there's a time and a place for that. And I'm a big Mm -hmm. proponent of volunteering at your local church or your school or wherever. But I am also a big believer in honoring the gifts people have been given when they take those gifts to serve in ongoing ways that really becomes not just their ministry, but their work because Mm -hmm. we want to support them and we want to support their families. It's so important to us. It's why, as we've talked about in previous episodes, we founded the Ministry to Business Guide, trying to help Mm -hmm. encourage people to adopt a ministry message, but with a business mindset so that their message and their ministry can be sustainable. And we want teachers to know that we value what they offer. So in the same way that you might have, I mean, there are many subscription services, Christy, you and I have done over the years. I love Mm -hmm. FabFitFun. We've both done that. Or Birchbox, or maybe you subscribe to an online shopping network, you know, um, delivery service that, you know, Christy and I, we do that as well. (laughs) We love that. So really for the cost of something like that, you get delivered right here in your computer this opportunity to sit down and feast with a teacher who's just going to pour into you. They're going to pour into Mm -hmm. you for 12 weeks, which might make you sometimes feel like, oh no, what if I can't participate at everything? Mm -hmm. What if I feel overwhelmed one week? Guess what? It's guilt-free learning. It's okay. (laughs) You know, I think this is where the table analogy is really perfect because the chef comes out right with course after course after course. But you don't have to clean your plate. Like yes. if your stomach yes. is full, 
that's okay. <laughs> yes. We're not going to force feed you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. But you get to enjoy it all. It's there. And if you want to clean your plate, excellent. But you don't have to. And uh, yeah, you'll get so much out of it just taking what you can week to week. Um, yeah, there's so much grace for that. Absolutely. So we hope you'll click through the link in our show notes or go to blackbarnonline.com. And don't delay because actually just a few days after this episode goes live, we're going to be closing the door for this season. And it's because once the tables begin, we want that community to feel like they travel together, like a group yeah. of pilgrims. And so they need to get to know each other and lean into each other and feel safe with one another. So once the tables are full, we will close for the season and then we'll reopen again in the fall for fall mm -hmm. tables. But man, if you have listened today and anything has resonated with you, don't hesitate. You've only got a few more days because the tables will close July 13th. You mm -hmm. won't be able to sign up. And these are such good ones. My mouth and my brain sort of feel like they're watering, you know, like right. <laughs> I want to dig in on many different levels. <laughs> right. It's like the crepes all over again. <laughs> yes. Yes. They're way to bring it full circle. Nicely done, you. <laughs> so from your classroom to your kitchen, the table has remained the same. And gosh, we sure hope a lot of you will come and find a seat. Blackbarnonline.com. Come and sign up for a season pass and join us at our summer tables. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link. 